It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That said, I just happen to have some stewardship pledge packets right here for you. In case there's any guilt that's imposed on you from that reading, there are also some in the back in the narthex. (laughs) I had to do that. (laughs) It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. I grew up kind of poor on the south side of Chicago, in the baddest part of town, next door to bad, bad Leroy Brown. Huh, I guess you're too young for that. (laughs) And later on, I grew up on the south side of Milwaukee. My father worked in steel factories, and my mother sometimes had to get creative with dinner so we wouldn't go hungry. Because of our relative poverty when I was a kid, whenever this reading came around at church about the wealthy not getting into heaven, I assumed it didn't apply to me. In fact, I am sorry to say today, I may even have taken some secret pleasure in hearing it. Ha! That's right, rich man, I might have thought. You ain't getting into heaven, buddy. You're a fat cat camel, pal. And you won't fit through those pearly gates. Too bad for you. Of course, we're all grown-ups now, so we have matured beyond all that name-calling between rich and poor in this country. That was a joke. (laughs) The truth is, We miss the challenge and the promise in this gospel passage if we simply dismiss it as another indictment of the wealthy. Yes, it is about money and the accumulation of possessions. But more deeply than that, Jesus is calling each of us to account for the ways in which we hold tightly to any desire in our lives that keeps us from placing all our trust in God. Before I go into that, I'd like to say a little more about money. I don't believe that it's the root of all evil. Yes, it is the catalyst for all kinds of wickedness that we inflict on one another in this world. But in addition to needing money to survive, money enables us to contribute to charities that help feed and clothe the needy. In other words, our attitude towards money and possessions is what brings so much misery not the actual dollar bills themselves. Greed, selfishness, and the desire to acquire infect many of us, not just the wealthy. I am reminded of a line in a Bruce Springsteen song, poor man want to be rich, rich man want to be king, and a king ain't satisfied till he rules everything. From cradle to grave, we are trained by our culture to want things, to think that we need that new iPhone in order to be happy, that fancier dress, that SUV. And so we buy things we don't actually need. Surrounding ourselves with stuff, we hope will bring contentment. And when they don't satisfy, we buy more. But to quote comedian George Carlin, Trying to be happy by accumulating possessions is like trying to satisfy hunger by taping sandwiches all over your body. That hole we are trying to fill is on the inside. 
And all the padding we do to cover it on the outside, buying more and more stuff, won't work because that hole is in the shape of God. And the more padding we have, the harder it is for God to cut through to our hearts and fill that space. That's why Jesus says it's so difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The more we own, the more we have to lose by giving it up to follow Christ. So the poor in Jesus' day were especially eager for his message of salvation because they had so little as it was. But the powerful and wealthy resisted his words. They had it good. In fact, Roman, Greek, and Hebrew cultures back then believed that being rich was a sign that you were blessed by God and were a good and moral person. They equated outer wealth with inner goodness. Conversely, something was wrong with you if you were poor. Your soul was sick with sin. We see a form of this judgment today in the way we stigmatize the homeless and the unemployed and those who struggle to make ends meet. So when the rich man in our gospel reading kneels down before Jesus and asks him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We have to give him some credit. He is self-aware enough to know that there is still something missing in his life. Despite all his possessions, the signs that he is blessed by God with wealth, his standing in the community, and his strict adherence to the Ten Commandments, he senses that hole inside himself earnestly wants to fill it, but doesn't know how. Jesus sees all of this in an instant, and he loves him. With his Christ-ray vision, he cuts through all the externals and finds the eager man inside, who wants to do what's right, and so Jesus has compassion and love for him. You lack one thing, he says, smiling down at the man, even as he knows he's about to break his heart. Give away everything you rely on that makes you, you. Status, money, power. Donate it to those who truly need it and follow me. Become instead a beloved child of God. The man's face falls. He gets up and stumbles away grief-stricken. How could he ever let go of so much? It's more than just possessions. Jesus is asking him to give over control of the steering wheel to God to stop relying on his own will and trust God to direct his life. How could any of us ever do what Jesus asks of this man? Then who can be saved? And here's where the story becomes about something more than money. Jesus cuts through all the padding we have built up around our heart. He sees past the image we present to the world past the person we think we are, and he loves us. But then, with kind eyes and a smile, he presents us with this challenge. Stop holding on to those things that keep you from me. Loosen your grip and let go of what you've had to become in order to survive in this harsh world. Instead, take my hand, trust, and follow me. How hard that is. How hard it is for a woman with low self-esteem to enter the kingdom of heaven because she doesn't think she's good enough and can't let go of that. 
how hard it is for a man chasing the prestige of a better position in the company to enter the kingdom of heaven. How hard it is for a person addicted to pornography, for someone obsessed with another who won't love them back, for the man who envies his friends, for the woman whose anger keeps her from forgiving her family. How hard it is for those who fear that more generous giving may result in fewer vacations. How hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. All these obsessions we've placed between ourselves and the undiluted love of God. How hard it is to let them go. We protect ourselves with all this padding just to make it through each day. In the process, we've become like camels. Burdening our humped backs with so much longing and grasping or resentment and worry. Protective armor or pride. We think we have to be self-reliant to succeed. And now Jesus is asking us to rely on him and to be vulnerable. How hard that is. Then who can be saved? Well, we can. Each and every one of us. For mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. That is the promise in today's gospel passage. Put your trust in God. Every day, try to let go of your own will and have faith. Pray for guidance that God's will make itself known to you. And if that all sounds too vague, then try this. Think of the one thing in your life that holds you in its grip and keeps you from reaching out to Jesus. Then as often as you can, ask God to help you remove its power from your life. And if even that feels too hard to grasp, then simply remember this. You are loved by God. And you know what that means. That means you are lovable. Believe that. Take it out into the world and be a loving person to others. That may be the closest we can come to following Jesus, short of leaving everything we have and everything we are. God wants us to focus not on eternal life, but on life right now. So the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life, is essentially misguided. There's nothing we can do to obtain salvation because it's an inheritance, and an inheritance is something that is given, not earned. Let us therefore do our best today and now, trusting in God to make up the difference on the day of salvation. Amen.